Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out to Jose Cruz and the big kahuna overlooking things today. Joe Weaver's in studio. Just making sure everything goes down just the way it's supposed to. Hey, have you taken time to join the I Work For Him Nation? I Work For Him Nation members are people that are willing to recognize their workplace as their mission field, to take a step back and to say, listen, I'm going to start praying for my coworkers and employees by name each and every day. I'm going to look for ways to serve them in my workplace. I'm going to look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace so that when I get opportunities, I can pray with people in the workplace, but all along being a person of excellence in my position, being somebody in the workplace that people go, Hey, Jim Brangenberg, he works harder than anybody else. I know why what's wrong with him. And then people ask you, they say, why are you doing that? You're making us all look bad. You say, listen, I work for the Lord and my workplace. It's my mission field. And I want to make my Lord look good. That's what it means to be part of the I Work For Him Nation. It's a step-by-step process to taking a paradigm shift in your mind. As it talks in Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Transformation. It's what it's all about today. But it does take that transformative shift in our minds to recognize that We are missionaries. And those of you that are running your own workplaces, guess what? You're not just missionaries. You're the pastor. If you are in charge of workplace, you have got a flock of people that are following you. Are you leading them like a shepherd? That's the question I have to ask myself every day as a manager and an owner in my own business. Do I look at my workplace just as another place to make money? Do I recognize that some of the people that work with me may never go to church, but they will See and hear the Jesus that I live out each and every day. You know, every day and I work for him, I try to bring on guests that will inspire not only me, but you in your walk in the workplace. And about a year and a half ago, I got exposed to a, an author, a best-selling author, and I got, I got exposed to his book, Transformation, Ed Silvoso. He wrote Transformation, and then I read another one of his books about prayer evangelism. I'm like, Wow. This guy really gets it. And I didn't realize when I first read his books how famous this guy is. So it took me a little while to get him on the show. But we've got Dr. Ed Silvoso. He is an international acclaimed speaker. 
but he's also just an all-around fantastic guy. He's also the founder of the International Transformational Network, Dr. Ed Silvoso. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. I feel welcome, and I love the name of your program. I work for him. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, And it is something that the Lord laid on my heart. It seems pretty simple, but it does display exactly what we're talking about each and every day. It is my passion. And I didn't realize it. The unfortunate part is I never realized, unfortunately, the first 20 years of my own workplace, that I worked for the Lord. I was taught kind of that... That deal where my work, my workplace was different than my faith place, and that how yep. I acted on Sunday was different on Monday through Friday from nine to five. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was unfortunate because I think I burned a lot of bridges with a lot of people that I've had to go back and apologize to because my faith wasn't being lived out in my workplace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I went through the same journey, Jim, and in my book, Anointed for Business, I tell my own story. You know, I became a Christian, I was passionate about the Lord, and uh, and because I have some ability for business, I was in the healthcare industry as a hospital administrator, doing very well, and then the doctors gave me their portfolio, and I bought a bank, and I sat on the board and did even better, in addition to running the hospital. And then we set up an investment company, and every day was touch and go, but we were escorting for Jesus. But when I went to church, and I'm talking late 60s, okay, many years ago, I didn't get any affirmation. In fact, uh, when they talk about the call to ministry, it was a terrible day, because my elders will tell me, Ed, when are you going to leave Egypt and move into the promised land? When are you going to stop hanging around people that smoke and drink and cuss and come with a faithful remnant? And that left me confused, first because I felt that God was with me in the workplace as much or more as he was in the church building. But second, because every time the church needed money or a good word with the mayor or employment for someone, they came to me. And I said, it can't be that bad if they use it so much. And that's why my book, Anointed for Business, I tell that story, and it has brought so much freedom. So welcome to the club, Jim. Well, thank you very much, Ed. It is amazing, but I, I, there is a shift. There's a shift going on within the body of Christ to rec- yeah. that thousands and hundreds of thousands of people recognize that, wow, you know, I actually have more exposure to non-Christ followers, as I like to call them, pre-Christians in my workplace, yeah. than my pastor yeah. will. My pastor yeah. doesn't have as much exposure to pre-Christians as I do. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to tell me how to do this, because I go to work every day and I need to know how. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a big thing. We're talking today with best-selling author, noted international speaker, founder of the International Transformational Network, Dr. Ed Silvoso. Ed, as we look, I always start off every interview with this simple question. Tell me today how Jesus Christ is making a difference in your life right now. Well, I'll tell you, I love to talk about Jesus. Isn't he awesome? He saves us. He 
fill us with the Holy Spirit. He gave us a purpose and a destiny. He has a hope and a future. I want everybody listening to this broadcast, receive now. Receive a touch from the Lord that you are not an orphan. The Lord is your Father, and Jesus indwells you. Having said that, Jim, you know, when I got saved, I was the first, and I remained the only born-again Christian high schooler in a city of 120,000. It was so difficult. But at the moment, the message that the church gave me is, you receive Jesus, you are going to heaven. What I have learned subsequently to that, Jim, and I express that in my books, Prayer Evangelism, Anointed for Business, Transformation, is that the Lord not only saved my soul, He saved my household. He saved my job. That when I go to work on Mondays, I go with the same anointing that my pastor comes to the pulpit on Sundays, and that I am a mobile ark of the covenant. Remember the ark of the covenant, even when the Philistines stole it. I mean, the presence of God inside the ark blessed the Philistine who didn't deserve it. And what that has done for me, Jim, it has allowed me to go to work on Monday and to tell people that used to call themselves laymans, you are not a layman, you are a minister, and wherever you go, the gates of Hades must come down, because Jesus didn't come to take us to heaven. He came to fill us with his power for heaven to come down to earth. So, I, I wanted to draw that a little tighter and a little closer, because you, I mean, that was, I understand what you're saying, and I love what you're saying, because I I love the fact that I'm not a layman. I mean, I lived with that world for 40 years. People say, well, you're a layman, you're a second-class citizen within the within yeah. the body of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today, how is how is Jesus making an impact today in Ed's life? What, what, what have you seen the Lord work in your life recently that you want to tell people, wow, you're not going to believe this. I've been walking with the Lord all these years, but this is what happened just recently. Well, I'll tell you right now, here in Silicon Valley, in the San Francisco Bay Area, the largest city to ever go into bankruptcy called Vallejo, and people can go to our website and click there and see a DVD documentary, declared bankruptcy until I was able to inspire by the power of God a pastor in the marketplace people who adopted the city, and this businessman adopted that every school that didn't have enough money kept reopening every library that was closing down, uh, built the computer labs, you know, to help the people do their homework. And today in that city, the mayor is a Christian, the school superintendent is a Christian, the leaders of the Chamber of Commerce are Christians, and crime has come down 39% because the streets are being adopted and people are blessing their neighbors right and left. That is here in Silicon Valley, Jim. Uh, that's a fantastic story. I, I had not heard that. Of course, we never heard that in the media. I can't understand why we didn't hear that story in the media. Ed, Ed, you hinted that you grew up in Egypt. Is that your background? Where you grew no, up? No, in, in Argentina. Argentina. Okay. All right. So, you, were you doing business in Egypt? Is that what I thought? I heard you say Egypt in something that you said. All right. So you grew, you grew up in Argentina. How did you first come to know Christ? 
Well, I came to know Christ through the conversion, the salvation of one of my uncles that was the biggest sinner in town, okay? I was raised a Catholic. I was a devoted Catholic, but I didn't know Jesus. And then one day I walked into a storefront church, and there what we call today a marketplace minister, okay? Somebody who opened his home to preached the Word of God, opened the Bible, read John 3.16, and that was the first time I heard that God loved me, and He gave the very best. And I received Jesus, and nothing has been the same. Today I lead, Jim, a network of over 3,000 leaders in six continents who are pastoring through their companies and churches roughly 3,750,000 people all over the world, and they are having fun because they love Mondays as much as they love Sundays. Well, and imagine if we could have as much fun in our workplaces on Monday as we do on Sunday morning at church, being around our fellow believers, people that we share an identity with. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. I want to I want to hear about that because that's what I had gotten was an email talking about, hey, you were going to go speak in Minneapolis, which is my old hometown. And I'm yeah. like, well, when are you guys coming to Florida? And I got to notice you're not coming to Florida anytime soon. And that's because you got all that hard work to do up with those northerners. I understand. <laughs> no, no, I'll go. Florida, maybe as a result of this phone call, you know, in this uh, radio program. Uh, I mean, what we do, we look for pastors that will love to pastor the city rather than just the congregation. And then we look for marketplace people like yourself who are passionate about seeing the, seeing the city change. And we do a vision casting seminar. And when we do that, Lydia's, like in Acts 16, come all out of the woodwork, and transformation begins. So I'm game, Jim. Somebody's game. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm game. I'm in. I'm all in. I gave it all up. We're we're all in. We're going to do this nationwide. That's the goal of of I Work For Him, is to get this message on the airwaves across the continent. And and what's cool is it's also going across the world, but that was never my plan. (laughs) That's what the Lord's plan was. But iTunes makes that very possible. So, So let's talk about, just really, let's talk about Transform Our world your yeah. your initiative your website that anybody wants to know what we're talking about today it's all on the website transformourworld.org transformourworld.org what is that all about well what this is all about is making the book of acts relevant today, helping pastors understand that, like Paul, until they find their Aquila and Priscilla, who will take them to the marketplace, to do in the marketplace what they do so well behind the pulpit on Sundays, we are not going to see cities transform. So we have a program called the School of Transformation on our website, and it's done online. The first three weeks is about personal transformation. God has chosen you to change the world, not the other way around. The next three weeks is transformation in your marriage and in your family. Because if we have a strong household, we can really take the devil at the gates of the city. And the last three weeks are about how do you take transformation to your sphere of influence, your school, 
you know, your neighborhood, the workplace. And the last week, we pray an impartation, and we turn the people loose. And, and Jim, people have taken the school, their paradigms have shifted, and today they love Mondays as much as they love Sundays. All of that is available on transformerworld.org. So you've got, I love it, so you've got a program, a school of transformation. That's what you've got, and does that go right along with your book, Transformation? Absolutely, and with my other book, Jim, that I would love to send it as a gift to you, called Anointed for Business, because that was a pivot. You see, here I am, running a hospital, a bank, and a financial company, and I have to sit in the back of the bus because I'm a layman. Okay, something is wrong there. So I reread the Bible with marketplace glasses, and I discovered that every hero of the faith in Hebrews 11 was called by God in the marketplace and told to stay in the marketplace to do God's work in the marketplace. We're talking with best-selling author Ed Silvoso. He's really in charge of a movement of over 3.7 million people who are being discipled to recognize that their workplace, it's their mission field. Imagine that being part of I Work For Him. Of course he's got to be part of I Work For Him. I'm really more part of his movement. I read a couple of his books in the last couple of years. One, Prayer Evangelism, and the second one, Transformation. And that's what we're talking about today, Transformation. And Ed's website, which is transformourworld.org, transformourworld.org. Ed, talk to me about why you wrote the book, Transformation. Okay, I wrote that book because I ran into a monumental problem with my previous book called Anointed for Business. Because as we were saying in the previous segment, Jim, in that book I demonstrate biblically that God operates primarily in the marketplace. You know, I documented the 39 miracles in the book of Acts, and 38 happened in the marketplace. I mean, the heroes of the faith, they are all from the marketplace, and they all work in the marketplace. Jesus himself spent up to age 30 his life in the marketplace in the later years as the managing partner in a family-owned business. His apostles, none of them came from the temple. They all came from the marketplace. And so by showing in that book, you know, that there is no distinction between sacred and secular in the Bible. Everything that is dedicated to God, beginning with our workplace, become holy and sacred. That empowered pastors to equip members, we call them marketplace ministers, to take the presence and the power of God to the marketplace. But this is where the problem came, Jim. As pastors began to do that, people in the pew became pastors at work, like you were saying at the very beginning. They dedicated their classroom to the Lord if they were teachers. They dedicated the restaurant. And all of a sudden, there were more conversions and more miracles outside of the four walls of the church than inside the church. And because I am committed to the church, and I am a pastor myself, and I didn't want this to be divisive, I went back to the Lord, and the Lord told me, okay, go back to the Bible, and my book, Transformation, is built on five paradigms. The first one is the Great Commission. is not just about uh, 
people is about nations. Go and disciple nations. Jesus didn't die just for the soul of individuals. He died for everything that was lost, and that includes the marketplace. The premier expression of worship in the Bible is not music. It took 2,000 years for music to be mentioned in the Bible as an element of worship. The premier expression is labor, and everybody is a minister. And the fourth paradigm is we are not called to build the church. Jesus said, it's my church, and I'll build it. But you take the keys of the kingdom, look for the gates of Hades, and open and close those gates so my church will be built in the marketplace. And the fifth one is that we must eliminate the four dimensions of systemic poverty, spiritual, relational, motivational, and material. And Jim, when those five paradigms are lined up as they are in the book, now the pastors see themselves as the coaches equipping the people in the pew to score Hail Mary passes Monday through Friday, and everybody's a happy camper. So you ran into resistance from pastors because do you, do you think they felt threatened by this message? Well, that is a surprising thing. Not at all. In fact, out of the 3,000 leaders that I have in the network, I have the privilege to lead over 1,000 are pastors. And they love it. We have a case in Thailand where the pastor had a church of 43 members where he understood prayer evangelism and transformation and anointed for business. He taught the 43 members how to do it, how to take the presence and the power of God. Today he has over 10,000 members, including the governor of the state of Phuket, in the church. That pastor loved the stuff, and so do many others. It, it is a paradigm shift, though, that needs to happen in their minds. They, they do, it, it, it sometimes is a, it's a stretch, because those that have adopted the sacred-secular divide, yeah. it, it's, it's like the walls of Jericho got to come yeah. down in order to recognize that. I, I loved this book, because you really, transformation, I, I've never read Anointed for Business, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just I haven't read it yet, yeah. but you can send it to me, I'll let Cindy send it to I you. That. That's, but, but what I loved about it is you really laid it out systematically, hey, here's what our calling is is all about for everybody. So let's step back. You talked about this transformation of the city of Vallejo, Vallejo, California. And it was because you had a business person recognize that their city was their mission field. And they started putting their assets to work to help recover the city that was basically bankrupt. And we've heard across the nation, we hear about cities that are going bankrupt, but California's got more trouble than most cities. I I loved... You've got some, within the Transform Our World initiative, you got a couple of extra programs, like Adopt Your Street program and Adopt Your yeah. Cop program. Talk to me about what those are. Adopt Your Street, what's that all about? Well, I am from Argentina originally, where unfortunately in the 80s and 90s, we have what is known as the Dirty War. 30,000 people were murdered during the Civil War. And you know how it began? With a wedge between law enforcement and poor neighborhoods. That is what is happening in America today. And we have both extremes right now. But do you realize, Jim, that the church is the only agency that has a branch in every neighborhood and an agent in every block? 
And so we launched this program where we tell people, adopt the street where you live, where you work, and where your kids go to school. And do prayer evangelism. Bless, don't blast. Fellowship with your neighbors. Don't judge them. Minister to them. Don't avoid them. And then and only then tell them when they feel good, the kingdom of God has come. So this program allows people to adopt their street, but also to adopt a cop in the San Jose Police Department, which is one of the largest in the nation, has adopted the program, and crime is coming down very fast. Same thing happened in Oakland, California. Crime came down 61% the first quarter of the year because the church got out of the closet and people began to bless their neighbors and adopt police officers. And those two programs, Jim, are available on transformourworld.org. And that's a great website for lots of great resources. Transformourworld.org. Transformourworld.org. He's written a book called Transformation and also prayer evangelism, and also anointed for business, and I think there's a few other ones out there as well, but the, his whole passion is the same passion as what we have here on, on I Work For Him, helping equip Christ followers to recognize that we all have a calling into all parts of the marketplace. Ed, as you wrote Transformation, you set aside, and I want to just review because we got people tuning in now that it got off work at 3.30 and they're just turning on the radios. <clears throat> you, you said there's five pivotal paradigms of the transformational movement. Talk about those again. Well, paradigms are like reading glasses. You know, when you shift from distance to nearby, you're able to see what was there <clears throat> all the time. So these five paradigms are very simple. The Great Commission is not just about individuals being saved, but nations being saved, because that's what happens in Revelation 21. The kings of the earth bring those nations as a trophy to the city of God. Number two, Jesus didn't die just for souls. He came to seek and save everything that was lost. Number three, okay, that's a what and the why. Now, how do we do it? Everybody is a minister, and worship is the premier expression, labor is the premier expression of worship in the Bible. Because music is not introduced until after 2,000 years. And I think, I I want to stop there for this second, because when you said that before in the last segment, I'm like, wow, that... That's a, that's the kind of point that every pastor in the United States of America and around the world needs to make. Because I never thought about the fact that music, you don't really hear a lot about music until David. Or, you know, until maybe, uh, I don't know where the first guy was, but you hear David talk about a lot using uh, music. Yeah. but. Yeah. The fact that the premier expression of worship was our labor. So where did you where did you pull that out of the scriptures? Well, look, Paul wrote to slaves who did the most demeaning jobs, right? And and they were forced to do it. Whatever you do, do your work heartedly as unto the Lord. I mean, how do we think that Adam and Eve worship God? They didn't have a keyboard there. They took care of the garden. 
You know, when the Lord told us, you know, go and populate the earth and do this and that, there is always that responsibility to take care of creation. Now, in no way this should be interpreted as a put down on music. No, music is the most exquisite form of worship, but labor is how we worship God. Let me give you an example. You are in Tampa, right? That's correct. Okay. So let's say conservatively that there are 50,000 believers that go to work on Monday, but they don't have this paradigm shifted yet. So the worship uh, switch is in the off position. So they go to work, then they take a coffee break, now they move the, the, the 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 key to the own position, they put earphones, and for 20 minutes they are worshiping, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's over, back to the rat race. But now imagine that they capture this, and they say, I am a minister. And you have a taxi driver driving a taxi unto the glory of God. You have a waiter bringing food with with joy unto the glory of God. You have a lawyer filing a complaint in, in legally unto the glory of God. And now look at Tampa from a Google map, and you have worship going up all over the city because people are mobile arts of the covenant. And that opens the door to the fourth paradigm. We are not told to build the church. Jesus will do that. We are told to take the keys of the kingdom that used to be the keys of Hades and death that Jesus took away from the devil and opened and closed the gates of Hades for him to build his church. And when we do that, we eliminate poverty, spiritual poverty, relational poverty, motivational poverty, and material poverty. And that is happening, Jim, here in Silicon Valley. Entire corporations are being transformed because somebody went to work believing, I'm going to worship God to do my job under the anointing. That's fantastic. You know, a few weeks ago, we had a guy from Hewlett-Packard from their enterprise division share how the Lord challenged him to just find another Christ follower in the organization and to start a Bible yeah. study. And now they have a thousand people in an organization that is yeah. that is an official organization within Hewlett-Packard. And I don't think their headquarters is in Silicon Valley, but I, I think Carly Fiorina, she's from Silicon Valley. So they must no, have... actually, it is here. It's here in Menlo Park. So there That's you go. Right. So it is there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but they have a thousand people worldwide involved in this one group within Hewlett-Packard. I think it's fantastic. So, Ed, let me step you back. So what you what you basically said is that Jesus came to restore all things, not yes. just people, but also yes. the rest of the infrastructure of the world that's been destroyed by Satan and his minions, and, and that the marketplace is where those things are going to be restored, and that we've got an opportunity. I just love the way you've said those things. Let's talk about specifics, because you talked right before the break about adopt a street. Yeah. Let's go into details. What does that really look like? In, in, okay. And I know that you detail this on your website, transformourworld.org, transformourworld.org. Uh, how do you adopt a street? Okay, sure. Should we do that when we come back? Or you no, no, we got, we, got, we got about seven minutes left in this segment, so let's do it right now. Okay, well, what you do, people go to transformourworld.org, and there you have it right there on the home page, Adopt Your Street. You click, you enter your street name, and it will show up like a Google map, like a MapQuest. And you just put the pin there, 
enter your name, and immediately you see who else has adopted a street nearby. And in our number one case study, Jim, is, is Newark, New Jersey. Newark, New Jersey was considered the murder capital of America in an article by Money Magazine until a group of pastors and marketplace people launched a program to adopt every street. If people go to our website, they will see a documentary that we put there. Now, listen to this, Jim. When 42% of the streets were adopted, which means that people were walking the streets quietly, but blessing their neighbors rather than cursing them. Crime came down 42%. When they adopted 100% of the streets, crime came down 80%. Today, Newark is in a urban renaissance because every street was adopted and people are prayer walking the streets and blessing rather than blasting. So it works. It comes from Luke chapter 10 where Jesus said, I saw Satan falling down from heaven and the disciples said, Lord, the demons are subject to us. Why? Because they bless they fellowship, they minister with, to the lost, and then and only then they open their mouth and they preach to them. Wow. And, and I, I never knew about your program until I saw it on your website, but I, I adopted that kind of an attitude years ago and have had yeah. such a great yeah. opportunity on my street. There's just 30, 30 families on our street, yeah. but just praying for those individual people and knowing their names and knowing their kids' names, knowing their cars, so when they're pulling in the parking lot, pulling in the, in the street, you know who's supposed to be there and who's not supposed to be there, and, and having an opportunity to really touch those lives, yeah. it, it's an incredible opportunity. So... Talk to me about the adopt a you'd say adopt a cop or adopt a law enforcement yeah. officer. How does that yeah. work? Because that well, sounds a little a little different. We got a lot well, of police officers here in Tampa Bay. Well, look how schizophrenic we are. The way we treat policemen. Mm. If we break the speed limit and we hear you know a siren and a red light, we say, "Oh no!" I mean, I hate this, right? And then we hear noise at two o'clock in the morning in the basement, and we dial nine one one, and the police shows up and we do 180 degrees. I'm so glad you are here. Do we realize that police officers every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, touch the, the worst expression of evil in society? And the Bible tells us in Romans 15 that they are ministers of God. It doesn't say that he, they pack a gun. It says they pack a sword, and they do that to do the work of God. So here in, in San Jose, California, the capital of Silicon Valley, many years ago, when our city was going nuts, we approached the mayor. She gave us the okay. We went to the chief of police, and he gave us the okay, and we adopted 800 police officers. Every church adopted two. And twice a year, the police officer will come to the church from the city point of view, they were doing PR. From our point of view, we were having a church service. And we affirm them, we clap, we told them how much we love them, and we pray them. The moment that program to, was rolling, Jim, crime came down, and today San Jose remains one of the safest cities in a one million population mark 
because every officer was adopted in prayer. So I challenge everybody who's listening to us. What will happen, Jim, if people like you with your anointing for proclamation, every radio host, we join hands, and before the presidential election next November, we have every street and every candidate adopted in prayer. The devil will call in sick. (laughs) We can only hope, that's for sure. Hey, before we run into the end of this break, I want you to talk about your upcoming conference in the fall. You said you've got a conference come up in the fall. Tell me about it. Yes, in October, we have about two, uh, almost 2,000 leaders that come from six continents here in Silicon Valley at the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose, California. It's a Monday evening to a Friday noon, and we, and we present every model, every prototype. Just very quickly before the break, lately, a medical doctor from Stanford University Okay, who used to teach at Stanford, received the gift of healing, and her specialty is quadriplegics. And quadriplegics are being healed right and left here in Silicon Valley. So at our conference, we will be presenting case studies like that for people to experience transformation and to take it back to their sphere of influence. October the 3rd through the 7th, on our website is the information. So all the information is on transformourworld.org? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So that's what I want to encourage you guys to do, you listeners out there today. Go to transformourworld.org. You can find out about the Adopt Your Street program, Adopt Your Police Officer program. Do it right now. Go out there right now. If you're sitting at your desk, go out there. Adopt Your Street. I'm going to do it the minute I get home tonight. Don't. If you're driving, don't do it right now. Wait till you get to a stoplight at least. We're talking today with Dr. Ed Silvoso. Check out his website, transformourworld.org. we got a little bit more left. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brang. Dr. Ed Silvoso, as we come to the end of our show, talk to me about what is, what's one thing you want our listeners to hear about their workplace mission field? I would like for them to experience that greater is he who is in them than the one who is in the world. You know, that verse is in 1 John 4, 4, but we usually overlook the context. And the context is that the spirit of the Antichrist is already all over the world, John says. But fear not, because greater is he who is in you than the one who is in the world. In my book, Transformation, I tell the story of a lady from Florida, Jim, that she understood I am a minister. She was a high-ranking executive in a Fortune 500 company. And when she understood that, she began to do what we pastors do before we minister. Monday through Friday, she prayed to God for the company. And people would see in the book the full story, but God revealed to her that the new company that they have acquired, the books have been cooked. God showed her how it was done. They were able to send a new auditing team. They found out what was wrong. It saved the company millions of dollars, and she got promoted because like Esther, like Deborah, they were advising the king. 
I would like everybody to know you are anointed for business to transform the world through prayer evangelism. Amen. Dr. Ed Silvoso, thank you so much for the show, being on the show today. I, I want to partner with you to bring Transform Our World to Tampa Bay. Let's work on that. But thanks so much for being part of our show today, Ed. God bless you. God All bless right. you. Bye-bye. Hey. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for being part of the I Work For Him Nation. Every day we get new people joining the I Work For Him Nation, making that commitment to realizing and recognizing their workplace is their mission field. Go out to iWorkForHim.com tonight and join the I Work For Him Nation. We learned today that our faith, it can impact the workplace. That Jesus said, listen, I just come to restore a little bit. I came to restore all things. And as Dr. Ed Silvoso lays out in Transformation, and on the website, transformourworld.org, you and I, we can play a part in God's master plan in bringing the kingdom back to the earth. That we can make an impact in our workplace as we glorify the Lord with our work ship and that that's what God intended for us to make an impact on those around us by working for the glory of the Lord. You and I just need to step back for a second and say, okay, 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 okay. Uh, but I, I've been told all my life I'm not a pastor. I've been told all my life that, that, I, that I've got a secondary calling, but wait, the Bible doesn't say that you and me, we're ministers in a workplace. We're ministers. We've got a calling you and I, we've got a calling. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.